Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Waiteka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Well, hi, everybody, and thank you for joining me today. My guest today is Mona Clayton. She is a registered nurse and the founder and executive director of the Nurses Pub nonprofit. Welcome back, Mona. Thank you, Marsha. Thank you for having me on this beautiful, sunny day in Southern California. You're not kidding. I almost felt like I was breaking into welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. But that was from Mr. Carter, so that wasn't you. But I, Mona, I think that it's likely that you are my first guest, and it will be nine years um, in about a month, that have joined me four times, once in the studio, and now this is the third time on this podcast. And that just goes to show, number one, our connection, but also how important it is what you do and what you love, because that's what this is all about. So for those people that hadn't listened to any of our podcasts in the past, could you just tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself? Well, thank you, Marcia. And I just want to say we did meet almost nine years ago at Toastmasters, and it's just been one of those type of uh, relationships where we just can't get away from one another. So no. I really appreciate you having me on this uh, podcast so many times and allowing me to share what I've been doing over the past nine years. Uh, so a little yeah. bit about myself. Uh, for 26 years, I was a full-time working single mom. Uh, I was just admitted to the nursing program at Southwest College, and I had just found my way to nursing because I did not have the structure to guide me to find my purpose. Um, Marsha always knew that there was something about the medical profession that was very intriguing. For example, in high school, when I would come home from, from school, I would watch Marcus Welby, MD. I don't know if you remember mm, that. I sure do. That, uh-huh. Okay. And I would also watch the emergency room. I never looked at cartoons, oh, and yes. I just thought that the emergency room was such a fascinating place to see these nurses mm-hmm. and doctors in action. Uh, I come from a long line of healthcare workers in my family as well. Uh, mm. I have like an aunt, two aunts, and a cousin with over 100 years total service for the county of Los Angeles. And so my whole background is surrounded by healthcare professionals. Uh, my mom helped to uh, open the Martin Luther King Hospital back in the day. So that's all I ever grew up with. Uh, today, Mona Clayton is a registered nurse. I'm an executive director and founder of the Nurses Pub. I'm also a dot connector and mentor for student nurses. And I feel that now I'm a leader in the industry and an advocate for excellent patient care. Mona you told me things about yourself that I did not know. So this was this was really fun <laughs> to hear that that part of your story. What 
I, I think I, I might know, but I, I'm not sure that I do. So what attracted you to begin your journey as a nursing student? The word, it begins with P, is called passion. Uh, my mm-hmm. journey from student to nurse was attracted by not what people said, but what I saw these nurses do. I was a registration clerk, again, at Martin Luther King Hospital in South Central L.A., and that's where I saw these heroic nurses running the trauma bay. They were uh, taking care of gunshot wound victims, stab wound mm. victims, and I found out that the nurses were actually the backbone of everything that was happening in that emergency room. Uh, I had a nurse friend named Kendra Bell. She worked in the ICU, and on my lunch breaks, I would just go over there to the uh, uh, intensive care unit, watch her. I saw her healing patients with cancer with leech therapy, where she was putting leeches in the ear of a patient. And I was Mm. just so intrigued by these nurses and what they were doing. Actually, I was a computer science major. I had been a pharmacy major, and I just put all the the knowledge together and went back to nursing school, and that's how I found my passion, by looking at other people, other nurses, and seeing what they were doing. Wow. Well, that's that's terrific because because passion, when you are in a career like you've just described, you better be passionate about it because it's so demanding. And it could be so easy to just say, hey, I'm out of here. I can't do this anymore. But that isn't what you've ever said. So, But I, I, I wonder, so when you went to nursing school, what was, your, what was one of the biggest struggles that you might have had then? Wow. Nursing school is not for mm-hmm. the faint at heart. The faint of heart. Okay. <laughs> the faint of heart. Yes. Faint at heart, uh-huh. faint of heart. Both. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so it was balancing the negative and positive energy uh, to defeat my self-doubt was one of the biggest struggles. I had to mm-hmm. overcome some of life's challenges. My grandmother passed away, uh, and I had to go to school with a temperature of 104 degrees. What? I was sick, so I had to, yeah, I had a, a bad kidney infection. I still mm. went to school, right? Um, I also had to make sure that my daughter was taken care of making sure she was okay with her education, someone to take care of her, and just um, basically meeting the demands of the nursing program in spite of any physical or mental mental demands. And eating. Eating was a struggle uh, because at that time I didn't have a big income and I had to find ways to have food <laughs> and transportation and things like that as a nursing student. Wow. Where did you go to school? I went to school for nursing, Southwest College, that's in Los Angeles. I also mm-hmm. received my bachelor's degree at University of Phoenix and a master's in nursing education at Grand Canyon University. Right. And I might just add an award-winning student, right? Not just, not, just, not just a nursing student, but you received quite a few awards, didn't you? I did. I did. Yes, uh, you University did. of Phoenix <laughs> University mm-hmm. of Phoenix really recognized uh my passion for nursing and what I was doing. They've been a very big supportive of everything I've been doing and so I did receive one of the leadership impact awards from uh University of Phoenix and some other awards that were pretty big for the school. One of one one of ninety two thousand students picked for one of the major impact awards. Wow. So 
So what year are we talking about when you were in nursing school? How far back are we going? Oh, way back, like 1996. So it's been quite a a while. It has. I've been in nursing school. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned um, at the beginning that that you have something – well, actually, I didn't mention this yet. You have two very interesting websites. And the first one I want to talk about is called The Only Nurse Mona. And people can find theonlynursemona.com if they want to go to that website. That's one of a couple we'll be talking about. So tell us about uh, about that, that website and about the remedy that you have for students struggling through nursery school. You know firsthand. I sure do, Marsha. The only nurse, Mona, actually is the muse for Mona Clayton, okay? She is the driving force behind the Nurses Pub and for building the 100,000 future nurses, which is part of the Nurses Pub plan globally and locally. Uh, The remedy for a struggling student, I can give you a lot of plans for that for sure. Please. And, uh, yeah, for the first thing, if I'm talking to a nursing student and you're struggling out there, I want you to map out your plan. So, for example, if you have child care need or any types of, need, types of needs that are present during the nursing school, make sure that that's taken care of. If you need a sitter, find a reliable sitter. Use your village, your family, to make positive influences while you're in the nursing program. And that's what helped me through. I had a really supportive village of people to help me through. I had my cousins, my my uncles, my mom, everyone took a part in making sure that I was successful. So make sure you implement those positive family members as part of your plan. Very important to take care of yourself, eat right, and don't eat a lot of fatty, junky foods because it doesn't help. You're going to gain weight and you're not going to have energy. So make sure you incorporate a good diet, incorporate some type of relaxation, uh, yoga, exercise. You have to do that. That's something that I didn't do. In nursing school, mm-hmm. I didn't exercise. I didn't take care of myself. Therefore, I, I felt that I could have performed better if I had done those things. But I didn't know about those things during that time. Now mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the curriculum, let me tell you, there's no easy way out of nursing. It is a very, very um, time-consuming education. You have to know as much as the doctor or more. You have mm. to be proactive, asking questions until you get it. So, some, for example, some of us uh, in school, we're scared of the nursing profession. Uh, we're scared of the teacher. We're scared of the patient. So we have to be proactive in what we do. Uh, volunteering for procedures. I was one of those nursing students that would run and hide. I'm going to be honest with you. Everyone oh. here, mm-hmm. I'm born to talk radio show. I was one of the nurses. I would run from the instructor. I don't want you to do that. I want you to raise your hand. I want you to ask questions, and I want you to be present. I have a quote, and I want to share with you, and it says, "Fear fear not, but be fearful. And what that means is there should be fear and anxiety as a student, but don't be so fearful that you can't perform. So I was one of the students, I was scared. I was scared I was going to kill a patient. I was scared that I would, if I pull the blanket back too far, something would happen. If I, you know, I was fearful of a lot of things. But you can't be 
that fearful where you can't perform. And then uh, also, so, lastly, yes, mm-hmm. go ahead. Go ahead. I, we, I want you to repeat that one more time because I think that quote is very <laughs> significant. Would you just say it once more? Fear not, but be fearful. Okay. Okay. Fear not. And okay. But be mm-hmm. fearful. Okay. So you can't. Okay. You can't in nursing. There's fear when you're a nursing student. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anxiety. But you can't be fearful of doing things. You can't be fearful of avoiding doing the procedures or asking questions. Uh, so that's why I say that quote. And then lastly, use your skills mm-hmm. lab. We have what's called a skills lab where you have the opportunity to go in and practice on a dummy, right? You want to go in and practice on that dummy before you get to the patient's bedside uh, so that you will be more accustomed to to, to knowing what you're doing. So use your skills lab and the, the, uh, the tools that the school is offering before you go out into the clinical setting. I wonder how many... Um, young, well, we're going to talk about high school students, uh, both boys and girls in, in school right now. I wonder, it, it's gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in hearing about that. But before we get to that, I'd be curious, who, who inspires you the most to keep driving this mission? I think what inspires me the most and for most people is having a purpose, so yeah. I believe that when someone has a purpose and a mission, it's that drive that makes you want to wake up and say, I can't stop the mission the mission until it's finished. And that's what's happening with me. It's like every day I wake up and go, man, I have to finish this. I have to get up. I have to contact someone about the nurse's pub. I have to talk to a student because that is my purpose. My initial purpose was, become, was to become a registered nurse but my ultimate mm-hmm. purpose is this is what I'm doing. So I see the outcomes of what is happening. That drives me. I see students enrolling in the nursing programs and working as mm-hmm. successful nurses and the feedback that people are inspired uh, to become nurses. And some of my biggest uh, forces for the driving missions are people like Tony Robbins. I listen to oh, Tony yeah. Robbins. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and also Bishop Kenneth Omer, he was my pastor during my nursing program and my throughout my life when I was going through a divorce. Uh, when I started nursing school, uh, he inspired me by watching him to write a book. He inspired me to be um, good at what I do, to have uh, work ethics, to start on time mm-hmm. when I do programming, and to be excellent. And also Toastmasters inspired me to branch out as a public speaker. So those elements all inspired me to keep driving the mission. That's, you know, that's a really, that's a really um, exceptional response. And, and there, there might be people that are going, Toastmasters, what do you do? Like you make toast? Uh, no. <laughs> Toastmasters is not about bread. Uh, Toastmasters is a speaking organization that helps those of us that like to speak or fearful to speak to have the confidence to speak. And that's how we met all those years ago in that organization to try and do our best to not say, yeah, um, so anyway, you know, and to speak a little bit clearer. And, and, and you know, that's, and you just heard me say it, and you know, it's not easy. Okay. <laughs> it is not easy, but the more you practice and the more 
public speaking that you that you attain, the more confident you've become because, my goodness, my friend, you've been on multiple stages. We'll be talking about that. I've been there when you've been on a stage. Let's oh, and talk you've been about there when I first started, Marcia. Yes, I did. I was. Let's yeah. talk about the Nurses Pub organization. What inspired you to actually create that? I believe it was in it was it 2018 when you started? Yes, 2018. I okay. actually I had started independently as Nurse Mona. And Nurse Mona was uh, the person who would go out. I created seminars and workshops for students. Uh, I also created independently out of my own pocket. I was a working nurse, and I would go out and put out these different uh, events for students. And in 2018, I felt a need to um, out to get more out in terms of grants, getting grant funding and things to offer more to the students. So I created this organization to provide more tangible and intangible resources for students in need of additional resources and support Mm -hmm. that these traditional nursing schools don't offer. So nursing schools, they offer basic academics, but they don't offer uh, what I needed when I was in nursing school. I needed somebody to pick up my daughter from school, take her to gymnastics, take her to cheerleading, right? I needed someone to where she can come and study. While I studied, I didn't have to worry about child care. I needed resources such as money for food. And so I felt like this organization and expanding to the Nurses Pub organization as a nonprofit, we're a 501c3, that this would help to enlarge the territory. So I looked back at my struggle, and I wanted to use my influence to give back to the community. And I felt that that having this nonprofit would help support students on a broader spectrum. That's a that's terrific. And I guess what I'd be curious to know, maybe others, if I'm wondering, might be wondering the same thing. If someone was in nursing school full time, and they weren't also balancing everything else in their lives, like working and things like that, how long does it take to get a, a registered nurse degree? Well, there's various avenues to obtain your degree. One way is to go through the community college where you would do your two Mm -hmm. years of prerequisites, and that's your basics, your English, your math, your chemistry, microbiology, and things like that. And then after that, you are eligible to take what's called the NCLEX, which is the National Licensure for Nurses, and after that, you can begin practicing as nurse. Uh, Also, you can actually go beyond that and do an additional maybe 18 months and get your bachelor's degree and then an an additional one year to get your master's degree. I see. That's what you have, correct? Yes. So So I went on and just, and then you can actually go beyond that and become a doctorate in nursing, which is your Ph.D. or your doctorate in nursing, which is additional. Yes. Wow. Which, and I, when I, you I do that, you, mm-hmm. oh, yes. Yeah. So you see your nursing uh, nurse practitioner, she's an advanced li- licensed nurse, oh, so she's able right. to practice. Right. So that's how you right. become a nurse practitioner. Got it. You know, I never really knew that because my, my physician has an NP that works for her. I didn't know what that meant. Well, thank you. Maybe mm-hmm. other people learn something new right now, too. What was your and look, main... Marcia, Marcia I, have a secret, yes, I have a secret to tell you. 
Nurse practitioners okay. are a lot better than some some doctors, to be honest with you. Okay, we'll keep that to ourselves. Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, so, what is what is your main focus and goal as the founder of the Nurses Pub? I have three main objectives. Number one, yes, ma'am. we're on a mission to secure 100,000 future nurses into the profession, and we are slowly moving towards that day by day, but it is a goal, and that is what the 100K Future Nurse Initiative is all about. Uh, we also want to develop partnerships with land developers to assist with building the Nurses Pub Resource Center, going back to oh. what the needs are for a nursing student. That's our main focus for our different galas and fundraisers is to develop partnerships with people that can give us and help us to help others in this resource center and also to solidify corporate relationships and sponsors. So we're really focusing on these three main objectives. This mm-hmm. year in particular, uh, we, we're just leaning forward closer and closer to it, but building that resource center is our main objective for 2024. That's, and, and I'm going to just clarify. We're talking brick and mortar. We're talking a physical building, a resource center, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, wow. A safe haven, a safe haven yes. for nursing students. In particular, my vision was for that single parent, that single parent mm-hmm. who didn't or does not have resources available outside of the nursing program with child care, with transportation, with resources, places to study, places where where we can give workshops and seminars. So that's the main idea and premise behind the Nurses Pub Resource Center. We're looking for location. We're looking for partnerships. I was just Mm -hmm. uh, at the state capitol a week ago and met with um, members of the assembly to help um, give information about starting this initiative with, with hopes of help with this. You're the person that said you were afraid to speak. Okay, we will just move on from there, the State Assembly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Guess you've overcome that fear. Um, let's, that's just awesome, Mona. Let's talk about your after-school program, the Nurses Pub Club. I think this is really awesome as well. Tell our listeners about what you're doing with that. Marsha, this is the most wonderful thing that I've ever done in my life, okay? Uh, I have been wanting to attract high school students into the field of nursing, and I've been doing that with the support of the L.A. Unified School District. I've, um, I've went three schools, Dorsey, Washington Preparatory High School, and Crenshaw High School, and the Nurses Club, this is our third year working with students 9th through 12th grade that are interested in nursing. But what we've done is we've also added other medical professions to the platform. So each oh. week students are, yes, we've done that. We've kind of upgraded. So we have anesthesiologists, we have surgeons, uh, have an engineer coming aboard. Each week we have a different speaker come in, and these students are exposed to professional speakers and mentors. We also have partnered with Kaiser Permanente in West Los Angeles, and we take the students on a field trip to the hospital, and I have them meet with the administrators. They meet with doctors. Uh, We provide CPR training and certification, and I also connect them with direct opportunities to employment and shadowing opportunities with doctors and nurses at Kaiser. 
Wow. That is so – how long have you been doing that? This has been our third year, actually. We started um, – with two schools, now we're with three schools. We started with about 16 students, and this year we had 42 students to register for this year. Wow. Uh, wow. Yes, yes, it's amazing. We also provide stipends and scholarships for these students. I give them a luncheon or dinner where their parents are able to come and they get their scholarships there. Uh, it's a wonderful program, but this is it, Marcia, and maybe you can help me or your listeners. I need to connect with more high schools that want this program to yep. to talk to the principals, to let them know how amazing mm-hmm. this is and how we can help to get more students that are interested in nursing into the nursing profession. I can help you with that because um, the Chamber of Commerce is in our backyard here, and there is a Chamber Education Committee and that means that every principal in this community, and I mean big community, um, is a part of that. We just gave scholarships to those students from those schools, and I'm going to connect you there. Did you say Dorsey, Washington? Was was the other one Fremont? Is that what you said? It's Crenshaw, but Fremont oh, Cren- uh, is my Crenshaw. alma mater. I'm a, a pathfinder. Well, <laughs> well, you know what? You want to know something? This is just a side view that nobody else is going to care about. My mother graduated from Dorsey High School in 1946 to surprise you. I know. That's pretty crazy. I know. Okay, so I I know. So there must be some need for support to keep these stipends and scholarships going, right? That is correct. How, How do people do that? So with that, there are various ways. We need to look more so at different grant opportunities that are out there for this type of program and to be connected with those types of uh, opportunities uh, in the area. Uh, I need to connect with more principals and decision makers in the school districts. It doesn't have to be L.A. Unified. It could be all of the school districts so that they can expand the program. Uh, we need to have more corporate sponsors just to see. I mean, everybody's going to need a doctor or nurse one day in their life. Right. So with that, help us, like help to get more people into the profession. So that's another mm-hmm. way that we can be helped. Uh, corporate sponsorships, as I said, to help with uh, providing more scholarships. Uh, this year we were able to give away $3,500 in scholarships at our last gala. With an additional support with, I will say, West Coast University alumni, gave an additional $3,000 to a student whose home burned mm. down. Uh, they wow. gave her additional uniforms, clothing, shoes. This, oh, my um, goodness. this young lady was one of our scholarship recipients. She was at the gala. She came in her house shoes, uh, and mm. she told her story, and it just resonated with everyone. So. Uh, We just need people that are passionate, the word P, passionate about nursing, knowing that one day we need elite nurses in the field and just to help us to get that story out. You know, it's so funny when you go back to the old days. Clearly, these were the old days and the old ways. You thought of gender. Doctors were men. Nurses were women. Thankfully, that's changed. I would say that to be true. 
And what do you recommend to someone that's seeking to become a nursing professional? Let's just say you've got some student from Dorsey or Crenshaw or Washington or wherever. What, what, what do you recommend to those people? I recommend the first thing they should do is seek a counselor. So the counselor can direct them as to what uh, courses to take, right, uh, mm-hmm. because you don't want to waste your time taking unnecessary classes. Also talk with other successful nurses and find a mentor, and that's what the premise of the Nurses Club is about. We provide mentorship. We, we mentor match students and individuals that are uh, interested in nursing. And this, is, this program is not just for high school students. We reach far and beyond. We have career changes mm-hmm. in the midst. Uh, we have adults that are already actively in the nursing program that we're matching them with mentors. Uh, also, knowing um, that nursing school is not easy, that's what I would like right. to tell someone speaking in a nursing pr- profession, that they will need to know as much or as more in some cases than doctors. The thing that people don't realize is that when you are a nurse, you are checking the doctor. So we have to know pharmacology. We have to know procedures. We have to know um, orders. We have to look at an order to say, oh, this medication order is too much. We can't just give this amount of medication. I'll kill someone, right? So we have to know a very sound and profound amount of, of information to work as a nurse. Uh, also, while in school, you may not have an outside life because nursing requires a tremendous dedication and discipline. For example, I didn't see a movie for at least two years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never saw wow. a movie for two years. While I was in nursing school, all I saw were books, books and school. And lastly, I would say just do it. If you want to be a nursing professional, just do it. That's all. Um, A lot of people think that they have to start as a CNA, Certified Nursing Assistant. And one thing I want to let you know, and some people don't know, when you go to your doctor's office and the person is checking you in may say, I'm your nurse. Well, if that person is a medical assistant or certified nursing assistant, they are not technically and legally a nurse, and they should not be saying that. You're only a Mm. nurse when you are licensed. When you take that board exam and you pass, licensed vocational nurse, registered nurse, then you're a nurse. But other than that, it's illegal, and it's not right to say you're a nurse when you're not. So just a little bit about that information. But, yeah, those are some of the things I recommend uh, becoming a nursing profession or professional, and just do it. If that's what you want to do, you don't have to take Mm -hmm. steps of going from CNA, uh, MA. You don't have to take steps to get into nursing, or you don't even have to start as a licensed vocational nurse. As myself, what I did, I went straight to registered nurse. I was a registration clerk and went straight to registered nurse. So just do it. What's What's a registrational clerk? What does that mean? Is that administrative paperwork? So when I was working in the emergency trauma area at Martin Luther King, I was a registration clerk. So what I would do is say, for instance, you come into the hospital and the person sitting behind the desk asking you for your insurance, asking your Mm -hmm. name, (laughs) Uh, I would go behind, behind the scenes. And actually, I would see people with their chest wide open, getting oh my cardiac goodness. massages, and I would have to go and try what we call ident, identify this patient, find their name, go in their pocket, find their insurance, 
So I was up mm. close and personal with Trauma Bay, which was so intriguing, and that's what made me want to become that nurse, that nurse that I saw in Trauma Bay. It was amazing. Wow. And not scary, or you got beyond the scare. It was more adrenaline. That's what I'm saying. I see. In the beginning, when I was watching Marcus Welby, MD, going <laughs> to the ER, and any time I step into the ER, it's just an adrenaline rush. I just, I don't know. It was something about the ER that just made me just feel excited. I bet. That's, that's, that's terrific. So what's your perspective now about this nursing shortage, and what are you doing with the Nurses Pub to kind of bridge that gap? I'll give you some stats, okay? Please. So, there are a nursing shortage in particular, uh, in particular for minority nurses. And the importance of the shortage in that respect is that when you're a patient and you're a nurse, you want to be able to identify with each other in terms of communication. Mm-hmm. There could be a language barrier. And, you, and when you look at someone as a nurse and you can see oh, that looks like my grandmother, that looks like my grandfather, that looks like my mother. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that I've noticed it tends that the nurses are providing better care, I'm being cautious of what I'm saying, better care to people that they can identify with, okay? Not all the time, but some of the time. Mm-hmm. There's 80% of white nurses, 6.7% of black nurses, 7.2% of Asians, and 0.5% of American Indians, right? Wow. Now, even before COVID, there was a nursing shortage. And ironically, in 2018, that's when the nursing club was created. There will be over 1 million new nurses needed by 2030, and the U.S. Bureau of Labor Stats will create 175,000 openings for nurses every year until 2029. So there is a need for 100,000 future nurses, there's a need for uh, companies like the Nurses Pub to present this as a true need, and people need to address this. And why? Why is there a shortage? Number one, the population is larger, especially we have more older adults with chronic conditions and multiple Mm -hmm. chronic conditions that need care. And then we have the nurse burnout, in particular during the covid there were so many nurses that left the, the nursing profession. All of the nurses really? couldn't take it. It was just the demand was too unbearable for these nurses. And I can understand that because when COVID first started, I was there. When the first nurse mm-hmm. came into Lakewood Regional Hospital, I'm sorry, excuse me, the first COVID patient came into Lakewood Regional Hospital, I was a travel nurse there, and they gave me that patient, Right. Uh, at that time, a lot of the nurses that worked at Lakewood got sick with COVID, and some even died at the beginning wow. because all of the resources were not there. They didn't know about what type of mask they use and things like that. Sure. Uh, also, you're right, also with health reform, such as the Affordable Care Act, and what that did, that increased the ability, ability for people to get health care which meant we needed more practitioners to come into the field mm-hmm. and more demand. And then lastly, the retirement, uh, retirement age. People are retiring uh, because of the, the demand and, again, because of COVID. So that's what's happening with that shortage. It's getting greater and greater and greater. 
Sure. Wow. It's, that's really that's really interesting. I think this is why this is such an important topic because we don't know precisely who's listening to this as, at this moment, but perhaps these are parents that are listening and maybe encouraging their children. Perhaps they are future nurses. Perhaps these are educators that are just being inspired by what you do. Um, but you've done some global stuff too, which I think is incredible you are now getting students not just locally but if i understand this correctly from west africa nigeria and the philippines how did that come about marcia let me tell you facebook is incredible yes i can tell you it can can be two in the morning and i'll get a message (laughs) from a student in nigeria about nursing or in ghana about nursing and what we're doing here uh, and that's how I connected heavily with a lot of the students uh, in West Africa, in Nigeria, and in, in the Philippines through social media. Uh, hmm. So that's one of the ways. And it's just that uh, we were able to also provide scholarship funding for students in Africa. Uh, with the help of University of Phoenix, we, we sent out books, literature. Uh, we sent out ink pens. I sent out scrubs. I had scrubs um, donated from a company Mm -hmm. here. So we were able to do that as well. And so that just kind of, once that happened, we gave a global Zoom workshop. And we had a a global uh, Zoom workshop, which uh, the students participated in, in which, again, COVID, although it was a negative, it became a positive for communicating and building people all over the nation together. And so that's basically how we did that. So does that is that ongoing? So do these students that are living in these other countries right now, are they able to be supported via the uh, Zoom workshops? Absolutely, absolutely. We are still growing uh, with our Facebook connection. Uh, students mm-hmm. are really, you would be so amazed at how many students in Africa and Nigeria and all over the country are so impressed and wanting to become nurses. There's a lot of midwifery in uh, West Africa. Uh, a lot of students are very bright, intelligent, but very passionate and hungry to become nurses. So the information that we're providing is just very essential to what they need. I think that's terrific. Do you have doctors in those countries that are helping to provide resources to these Zoom uh, workshops? I'm not really attached to many of the doctors. It's mostly with the nursing professionals there that we're doing that. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Okay. So I would imagine. You know what? But, but Marsha, I want to say maybe that's the thought that the doctors here from those countries can help to communicate and build what we're doing there as well. You know, life is a, a mixture of so many things. I'm in Rotary, and this past week we had two emergency room doctors visiting our meeting, these two men. They are in Uganda right now, and they have helped to develop an iPad size ultrasound that can easily be transported and used all over the world. It was fascinating, fascinating what these gentlemen are doing to get this information out and and like you said you know social media is 
some people see it as a curse. I see it as as a beauty. And uh, you know, you can you can look your way towards it, or you could look your way away from it. But it is really remarkable because of the technology today that you can be having outreach to Nigeria. I mean, Absolutely. who would have ever thought of something like that? Just, it's amazing. But have there been some pretty big obstacles in continuing your program there? Or even here, for Actually, that matter? Well, no, I've not really encountered any real obstacles. The only thing is funding, uh, finding resources, uh, grant funding, and mm-hmm. things like that to keep, to keep the program going. Other than that, the program is very sound. Uh, we have a, established a great groundwork for it, but just building, getting more people involved and knowing more about what we're doing, in particular about the resource center. And mind you, this is one of many resource centers that we are planning to build because, of course, we want to go to Africa and build one as well. Uh, sure. But basically the obstacles are just keeping the funding going, and that's, that's the main thing. Other than that, uh, I believe the program is very essential, uh, is very needed, and and students are gravitating to it. So uh, that's just well, you're one it. of a kind. I think that's perfect. And we've all been a patient, or we've had a family member that's been a patient. And as a patient, what should we be looking for in terms of receiving optimal health care from nurses and doctors? What would what would you recommend? The first thing I recommend is you have to ask questions. So, for example, say, for instance, someone goes into the hospital and they're admitted to the hospital. Things, mm-hmm. Some things that I think that patients don't know to ask, you want to know, what is my diagnosis? What is my prognosis? Mm-hmm. And what is your plan for my treatment? Are there any other plans that I can use for this treatment? So you want to ask those questions and get those answers solidified. Number two, you want to make sure that the medication that you're that they're giving you, you want to know what your medications are and why they're giving them to you, what it's for, because a lot of patients are afraid to ask questions. I do yes. recommend having a family member with you at the bedside. Yes. Uh, you, you have to have someone at your bedside, and I'm going to be quite frank with you. That is very important. Not that mm-hmm. there's a problem with health care, but sometimes, for example, nurses can become overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. For example, you can be on a floor where you have five or six patients, and that's that one nurse, but with, within those five or six patients, you have high acuity. And high acuities or acuity, acuities are based upon the level of care that's needed to take care of that patient. So if you're a nurse and you have a patient that's admitted for a heart attack or MI, uh, someone mm-hmm. with an infection, someone with maybe um, diabetes, and someone that's had a stroke, okay, a typical. Mm -hmm. So what if your patient that's having an MI starts having chest pain? Well, let me interrupt you. Mona, Mm -hmm. let me interrupt you because you know what MI stands for, but we don't. Myocardial infarction or heart attack. Okay. So the patient is having a heart attack in room three, right? 
Your Mm -hmm. patient in room four with a leg infection is having pain. And then you have your patient and their family who's asking for water, and their patient is what's called NPO, or they shouldn't have anything to drink or eat. Well, Mm -hmm. the patient whose family is NPO is at your desk asking for the nurse, and you're in the next room trying to save a life. So the thing with, and I want patients' families to know, is that sometimes we're not avoiding you, that if we're taking care of five patients, we have to prioritize care. And just because nurses look like they're cute and they're just sitting at the desk chewing gum, eating cookies, (laughs) that's not the case. No. Our minds physically, mentally, we're working 12 hours, literally not shut down. We're on literal, literally on epinephrine, not epinephrine, <laughs> adrenaline. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're on adrenaline for 12 hours, Marsha, 12 hours. Your brain doesn't stop. You're, you're thinking, no. you're hearing all these sounds. You're hearing, you're listening to bu- uh, bells and buzzers beeps. and right. beats and oh, everything, right? So right. I just want people to know that the nurse is not overlooking you at some time. She just may be in the room next to you saving somebody's life, okay? Right, right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really important. Um, you did have something pretty exciting happen this past year, and I, didn't, I wasn't able to attend this year, but I have been before, and that was you had your 2023 gala, and you had a, a pretty star-studded group of people there. Um, I thought maybe you could just tell us a little bit about your gala and how that all came about. Oh, it was so incredible. I'm so sorry you mm. missed it, Marcia. This was, I am too. Every year it gets better and bigger. Uh, we had the uh, opportunity to have Mr. Stedman Graham come and speak on leadership and identity. He was fantastic, uh, very, uh, very, very informative. He left everyone so inspired by what he talked about. Uh, We had over 300 guests. Uh, Again, we gave out great scholarship money, $3,500. And we had West Coast University, University of Phoenix, Grand Canyon University. We had a pre-event sponsored by Lexus of South Bay. They they Mm -hmm. came back again. So it was really, it was star-studded. It was great. Held at the Terranea Resort in the Rancho Palos Verdes who is our top-tier sponsor. This is their third year sponsoring us for that nice. amazing resort on the ocean. Uh, I couldn't be more grateful to them and the president, uh, ex-president Terry Hack, not President Biden, President <laughs> Terry Hack. <laughs> and mm-hmm. now they have a new president there, Ralph Rippo. So, nice. yeah, it's yeah, that's, really that's nice. That's a magnificent setting. Um, and it's, it's, there's a really lovely picture with you and Stedman and some board members that I'm going to include in that blog because it's pretty spectacular. Let's talk, because we have a little bit more time left. First of all, I just want to let people know, as you're listening, if you go to thenursespub.org, that's one place that you can see Mona's uh, website. And the other website that you can see her on is called, um, let me get over there, is called The Only Nurse Mona. And Mona is spelled just like you would think, M-O-N-A. So I just want people to know about that in case they were curious to know. But let's, um, 
Let's talk about one of your books because you don't do enough, Mona. You really do need to find more to do. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you've written, you've, you've written multiple books. But the, this one is called From Student to Nursing Surviving, The Journey as Painlessly as Possible. Let's talk a little bit about that particular book. Would you believe that book came out of a dare? Really? <laughs> I was a, it was a dare. It was a dare. Hmm. A friend of mine, uh, I was working at Kaiser as a nurse back then, back mm-hmm. in the day. And a lot of the uh, people that were coming, the patients, the receptionists, different uh, medical assistants, I don't know, for some reason they were attracted to asking me, oh, man, how did you become a nurse? I want to do nursing. I don't think I can do it. I'm not good at math. I'm not good at that. And, I, you know, I came home and I told my friend, we were sitting at the table like 2 in the morning, right, just talking. Mm -hmm. And he said, why don't you just write a book? And I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'll do that. So I wrote the book, and I did not know it would become bought by Barnes & Noble. So it ended up in the Barnes & Noble distribution, which was Mm -hmm. just crazy. Like, I'm thinking, really? Uh, Self-published, actually. Self-published book. No kidding. Oh, I didn't know that. It's self-published. Yes, I from start to finish. I learned what to do, uh, how to get it into (laughs) Barnes & Noble. Really? (laughs) You know, there's certain girl. things you need to put on your book, you know, like where the barcode should be, how the binder should look. You have to have optimal editing on your book. Like people, some people may think two people look at my book is okay. No, you need about six people from various backgrounds to look at your book, mm-hmm. to look for errors. Um, you know, certain things, you have to have a dynamic cover. Uh, th- things like that, I'm saying, uh, sorry, Toastmasters. Drop a coin, uh-huh. Marsha. I'm saying, uh, okay. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so but that's uh, that's what happened with the book, and the book is actually an easy read. So from high schoolers up to adults, it's a good read. It's an easy read uh, because in nursing school you don't need to have a lot of extra reading, and it's been in, it's been doing pretty well. You can purchase well, it I've... actually on Amazon, Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. We carry it that there. Or at the onlynursemona.com, you can also purchase on the website. I think I, you're, you're you're very well out there. People can go to these websites and learn so much about what it is you do. And I don't I don't know how you frankly balance your life so that you can be so productive because it's not easy doing all that you do because you need to stay in balance, right? Uh, you, what, how do you balance? How do you manage all that you're managing? I know you have a great team. I know you, your daughter is part of this. I know that you have a, a great team of people that support you. But Mo, what, do, what does Mona do for Mona? I love facials. <laughs> I love massages. There you go. Okay. Uh, I love going to the beach. And that's a good way, a good retreat, going to the beach, watching the ocean. That helps to rejuvenate rejuvenate me. I love bike riding, especially by the ocean. That helps to rejuvenate me as well. Visiting my daughter in New York City, that always mm-hmm. puts me back on an even plane. She tells me exactly what she thinks <laughs> about everything. But, so, but that's, you know, I, I got one that does that too. But the the good news about that 
is that there's a trust level there because she's not looking for something alternative by just saying, oh, mom, I can't believe how stupid you were to do that. No, that isn't how she's, that isn't her approach to you. She is a supporter of you and she wants to assist you. And, and I, I think that that's, I think that's a beautiful connection that you have with her. You know, and you mentioned the beach, you mentioned bike riding. I think at one point, I, I got the sense that perhaps you might practice yoga. Do you also practice yoga? Occasional yoga, but Pilates more so. I do the Pilates. Well, okay. And exercise is good for anyone needing to refocus and just get away from things. It helps to rejuvenate your mind. So that's one thing it I does. started uh, is doing the Pilates. Yoga was kind mm-hmm. of stressful for me. I sweated too much, though. <laughs> that, so that's interesting because, you know, it's it's all a matter of perspective. I don't really care if I can get into every downward facing dog pose, but what I've what I've gathered from yoga, because I don't bike ride and do some of those other physical activities. I do walk though. I walk over three miles every single day, rain or shine. But what I've, what I've gotten from yoga, uh, Mona, is how to take a deep breath, how to learn how to breathe, that four-square breathing maybe you're familiar with where whatever you inhale, you count to a number in your mind, and then you exhale that number, and then you inhale that number, and then you, you hold it. You know, it's you, you inhale, you hold, you exhale, you hold. Um, I just didn't know if perhaps you practiced any of that. Sounds good, though. I think I should uh, start practicing that. But my daughter, speaking of her, she has a yes. master's degree in dance movement therapy. And that's one oh, of no the kidding. techniques that and actually she's a part of the after school program. She does the dance movement prior to the uh, speaking, the speakers coming on. And that's one of her techniques that she teaches every session, how the students can learn to breathe, to de-stress and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's I've heard of that. That's very effective. Yeah, it's 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 really effective when you practice it. It's like anything else, Mona. If you you know what what was the saying? Practice makes perfect. And perfection isn't necessarily the goal. But I you know I, I jokingly tell people you know these shoulders are not supposed to be earrings, and you know you need to slow down. You need to just manage your expectations. You know, I I tell myself these things all the time. Trust the process, and and by doing some of those things, those those positive affirmations, whether you do it before you get out of bed in the morning, whether you do it while you're walking by the water, wherever that might be, to be able to just, for, for lack of another word, in quotes, calm down, you know, and, and reduce maybe some of the anxiety that you're having, whatever that might be for you and who's doing it. Maybe it's how do I manage all these classes and get my kids to school and, oh, my dog needs to go to the vet and I don't know what I'm having for dinner and the list goes on and on and on. You know, that that becomes, and sometimes it becomes counterproductive for us. And if you just can, whatever that method is for you, whether it's, like I said, whether it's, Pilates, whether it's what maybe for some people it's painting, for some people it's writing, you know, whatever that whatever that works for you. I had somebody once ask me to close my eyes and ask me what color I saw. 
Has anyone ever done that with you? No, not at all. If I was if I was to ask you, just close your eyes and do you and do you see a color? Can you picture a color in your mind? Uh, yes, I can actually. And what color do you see? I see green. That's so funny, Mona. Because green that's the pers- that's the exact color I told this person. I see green. You know what color I thought you were going to say, and I would have been wrong because blue. you had mentioned the ocean. I thought you were going to say blue, mm. but you said green. That's that's interesting. I think that's a fascinating question for all of us to ask ourselves. And when I told her green, I know why I said that. Do you know why you said that, or is it just what you saw and you didn't analyze it beyond that? I did not analyze it, but green, mm-hmm. in my opinion, uh, it shows life, yep. growth. Yep. Right? So yep. maybe that's exactly. why. And that's funny. That's I, I the first. That's so funny because what I said to this person was, I see a pasture. Uh, and mm-hmm. and that then came the growth, and 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 that that's it's really interesting. I mean, because certainly there's colors like red, which is like you know, force and uh, you know, excitement and all of those different things that you might want to say. But it's interesting that you didn't know I was going to ask you that, and you said the same <laughs> color that I said. So before I let you go, you have so many. Lovely mottos. I remember one of them was talking when you used to say, um, you rock. I remember you. But right now you have a trademark that says, and I love this, this is so you. Today is a great day to be great. What do you mean by that? that? I just, I believe that any day and every day that you wake up, you have a purpose. You're fulfilling mm-hmm. your purpose. You're getting closer to your mission. It's a great day. Every mm-hmm. day is a great day to be great. So just let your greatness shine wherever you are. You don't have to brag about who you are. Your greatness is going to show. It's going to resonate within anybody that you, t- you touch, that you speak to. Mm-hmm. Your light will shine. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. today is a great day to be great. And it is my trademark. So I'm thinking about trying to get it into somewhere who wants to put it on a cup a mug or anything. Oh, and, I love uh, that. You know, oh, your daughter will right? figure out how to do that. That that that's <laughs> a really that's a really great thing. And and I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen you for a little bit to pick up your latest business card. But do you have that on your business card? I absolutely do. And I Perfect. have it on my wall. I have it on a cup, a mug here. And oh, I, it's you know a what? Nice I, have reminder. Revi- I have to revisit. I have to revisit that. That uh, to do that to get that into the stores, that logo, right. that trademark. Yeah, yes. because I, today I is like a that. great day to be great, and you're making it even greater, Marsha, by having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Well, I, I feel you. Know, you you had talked about some of your slogans, and I have three P's. And my you had talked about you had mentioned passion earlier. My three P's are purpose, process payoff and payoff doesn't doesn't have anything to do with how much money did i just stuff in my purse it's what i get from doing it the 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 gratitude of of doing that and that's why i've enjoyed doing this for so many years and that's why 
as I said, Mona, you, you hold the record, my friend, for joining me more than anyone else. And I think it's because it's not that you're more important than anybody else because you're not. What I'm saying is that what you are doing can affect anyone listening. It doesn't matter if you live near us. You could be living in where that, that place where those, that team won the um, Super Bowl. Um, you mm-hmm. could be living anywhere in the country. And perhaps by listening to this, maybe you have children in school and you're thinking, you know, Susie really, Bobby really likes science. And I wonder if perhaps that might be a field for him or her to consider. I hadn't really thought about that before. I'm going to talk with my kid about that now. You, we don't know how we affect and touch others that are listening to us. And the fact that you are so actively involved in so many areas that are going to benefit anyone and everyone. I just want to thank you so, so much for joining me today and sharing your story with our listeners. It's been fabulous. Thank you so much, Marsha, and I look forward to seeing you to the groundbreaking for the Nurses Club Resource Center. Thank you so much. You bet. All right, everybody, you you know the drill. You need to go visit that page. You need to consider how you can support her, buy her book, do whatever you can, because this is going to make a difference, and I'm just grateful that I could be a part of this, Mona. I look forward to seeing you at some point. Maybe we'll take that walk together by the beach, all right? Let's do it. Oh, gosh. Okie dokie. All right, everybody, I'm going to let you get on with your day. Have a wonderful day, and I'll be back with you next week. Bye for now, everybody.